Hello, my name is Alessandro, and this is the Lobster Podcast, a space for conversations out of our comfort zone. I'm very excited to have here with me today another Julia. This time, Julia Snyder, a wonderful friend from an NGO here in Portugal called Plant a Tree, or also known in Portuguese as Plantar Uma Árvore. With Julia, we'll explore how volunteering can successfully contribute to nature conservation and uncover hidden truths of what it really means to work in the fields and preserve our natural habitat. So, Julia, welcome to the Lobster Podcast. How's it going? Thank you so much. It's going great and I'm happy to share my experience of having worked with the uh, organization in the last three years. Yeah, I, I can't wait. So, just to give um, our audience um, a bit of a background how we know each other. So, we met last year, about a year and a half ago, um, here in Portugal. Uh, I was coming to visit Sintra and, and work from here. I spent two months here. Uh, Sintra is this beautiful natural park near the Atlantic coast, about half an hour away from Lisbon. And um, so, I got involved with lobster coaching my business um, with Plant a Tree because um, I knew that you were working for Plant a Tree and I noticed that my website had a massive uh, impact, CO2 impact and footprint. And uh, when I learned about this, I was very surprised and I was very uh, shocked about it and I wanted to do something about it. And as I couldn't get my own hands on <laughs> and volunteer in that moment and do something concretely uh, myself with it, I thought I would make a donation. And um, that's what I'm now engaged with, with Plantaruma Arvore. So uh, with my business, I am consciously contributing to this association that helps to uh, reforest um, our habitat and and take care of, of forests but I would say um, how about you tell us now um, who you are and what you've been doing with uh, Plantarum Arvore give us a bit more insights about you okay with great pleasure so my name is Julia I'm originally from Germany and my background is forestry uh, photography and communication and uh, I've been working in different countries um, and it was always about mobilizing the locals to participate in ongoing environmental projects that's what my heart beats for yeah and that's what i recognized about you and uh, <laughs> what uh, i absolutely loved from the first moment that i met you you were really really passionate about you you would what would you doing and what you still are keen kind of to be involved with so can you tell us then a little bit more about this NGO? What is Plantar Uma Árvore? So Plantar Uma Árvore Association, in English it's Planted Tree Association, is a local Portuguese NGO existing since 12 years. And the objective is the recuperation of native Portuguese forests through volunteering. So on the one hand, we work with volunteers from all over the European Union. They are like between 20 and 30 years old and work with us for several months. And on the other hand, we do have the activities with local volunteer groups like enterprises, schools, social institutions. And mm -hmm. typically in winter, those people are involved in tree planting and in summer they are involved in forest maintenance. And 
how did it all start for you then? You know, give us a bit, um, you know, how did you get involved with Plantar Uma Arvore? So I moved to Portugal uh, some years ago and yeah, I was keen on yeah working on the ground and start planting and I started as a volunteer with the association. So typically on Sundays, I went out to the forest and participated in community initiatives where families come to help in the forest yeah. and only after a few weeks i already got some uh, coordination responsibilities and then all of a sudden i was recruited as the global project manager of the azores and madeira volunteer program and yeah some weeks off after being recruited i was able to fly with some volunteers to azores islands where i have never been before and start to have an impact out there in the atlantic <laughs> well, that sounds uh, sounds amazing. You know, um, how many Azores islands? It's it's nine islands, right? Plus Madeira, mm -hmm. so that's ten Portuguese islands in the middle of the Atlantic, isn't it? Yes. So I've been working on five different Azorean islands and one in yeah autonomous region of Madeira. I implemented, I set up and implemented volunteer programs there for volunteers from all over the European Union, mm -hmm. but also for local volunteers. And so if I imagine how you started this, so after your studies, um, how did you know about this NGO? So how did you know, how did you, um, what attracted you about this NGO to start volunteering for this NGO? Uh, so I, I heard about the association uh, by a friend and yeah, I started to work with them on the weekends because typically on Saturdays and Sundays uh, we do initiatives for citizens. So often families come with their children for planting and so on and so forth. Yeah. And after like helping and planting for a few times, uh, they already asked me to uh, if I would like to help in, in the coordination. So typically we received up to 50, 60 persons who are willing to plant, but this needs a bit of explanations and coordinations, okay? Mm -hmm. So I started with me um, telling how we properly plant a tree that it also survives in very uh, dry summers, um, for example. And yes, like this, uh, the NGO really got to know me and all of a sudden I got a call and they asked me if I would like to manage the project uh, in, the autonomous regions of Azores and, and Madeira, and I said yes. And just a few uh, weeks later, I flew with some volunteers to the islands to have an impact out there in the Atlantic. So it was quite exciting. I just had to had little time to prepare, but from the beginning, it, it was a success. That's amazing. So from the beginning, they must have also seen um, how passionate you are about this uh, to offer you a job straight away and to get involved with the islands of the Azores and with Madeira as well. That's really amazing. So they got to know you quite quickly and, and I know how likable you are. So uh, it's, it's a brilliant story. So you got hands on involved uh, pretty quickly. Seems like there is a passion for you. And that came across. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So my passion is not only trees. My passion is also people. And combination mm. of trees and people is the best. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, how about you tell us a bit more about these activities that you were um, involved with in the association? So, you mentioned the Azores. Describe us a little bit how you were making an impact. Yeah. So, in the association, I had two different functions. Um, one on the mainland, where I coordinated the teams of long-term volunteers, mm -hmm. and also short-term volunteer groups um, doing nature conservation activities. So, yes, this was the one. And through this, uh, those activities, I really got to know Portugal from north to south, like the mainland. So we really traveled a lot and planted in different locations. And then uh, the second function was, um, yeah, the work on Azorian Mediterranean Island. I set up and implemented volunteer camps for local volunteers and European ones. And here the objective was to create synergies bet between the local nature parks social institutions, schools, um, local touristic enterprises and the communities for more joint action in nature conservation. So what were you enjoying the most? What I was trying, enjoying the most is to see that everybody having knowledge about nature conservation or not can take action for a healthy planet. So in my mind, I'm traveling back to Azor one of the Azores islands where people with disabilities were working together with nature park teams in plantation. And this is just heartbreaking because normally groups which are not really trained in some actions and after all, persons with disabilities often don't get real tasks in nature conservation, but mm -hmm. they understood what they were doing and they understood the long-term objective of their action. And they were involved in real um nature conservation activities so yeah this is wow. purely amazing it is um i have goosebumps and it sounds really incredible and you know what i'm going to have uh, an episode soon on this topic around uh, youth mental health and particularly around um, youth mental health with disabilities um so i'm i'm going Wow, I'm really, <laughs> I can't wait to go into this uh, other episode with this uh, colleague of mine. But clearly, um, you are mentioning something here that is very important and that has quite some power, right? Um, the, the, the energy of nature, the energy of trees, um, of forests, and really showing how anybody can get involved and actually there are so many benefits um, that uh, come with such volunteering work and it's it's a direct uh, connection with nature you're directly in touch with the earth um, in your hands it sounds uh, it sounds really fascinating to me but what fascinated you to work for this association so um, first of all the qualitative and quantitative impact the association has because often we really think that volunteering is just like nothing which can really have an impact it's more like learning something but but this is not the case for a plantaruma here mm -hmm. people work with great endurance and with a great level of details this can be very hard sometimes um but they have a real big <laughs> impact and um, what fascinates me even more is the fact of inclusiveness. So 
I mentioned it before, we worked with people mm -hmm. with disability. So for us, it doesn't matter if someone was in the forest before or not. Everybody is welcome, despite age and social background. Everybody is welcome to take an active role. And um, what also fascinates me a lot that we work so much with young people from all over the European Union, okay? And mm -hmm. they don't learn only about trees. They learn a lot about uh, cultures, other cultures, and they just grow a lot in this essential phase of their life after school uh, before they create their own way of, yes, having an impact for, for our planet. And have you heard some of the feedback of participants after some of these volunteering projects? What have you heard from them? Sometimes they were saying that they wouldn't have imagined that the work can be uh, so demanding because we just mm. work if it doesn't or if the sun <laughs> burns our skin. But okay, I'm exaggerating a bit, yes. Yeah. But uh, all in all, everybody is really happy to to work with us and young people take a lot with them, which shaped, shapes their way. And they, young people are nowadays really confronted with climate change. And they are asking themselves, what should we study? What should we do? What can I do? Am I gonna become a politician? Am I gonna be a tree planter? What is my role in this? Okay. Mm. And they come to us for several months, exchange their perspectives with volunteers from other countries and they interact with all kinds of people and it helps them to find a way uh, to themselves of how they can really take action. Yeah. And this is something that um, I remember we uh, also had several conversations together. I uh, was lucky to be part of an NGO um, in France, as you know, and uh, we were collecting trash, right? We were cleaning beaches and collecting trash across um, a city in the south of France. And I had the privilege to go into schools, international schools, and, um, and present our association and also um, show what they can do, uh, what they could be, uh, what they are capable to do to contribute as well themselves, by themselves. And they were so keen to get into action. It's unbelievable. Uh, these were like 13, 14, 15 year olds, you know, very young teenagers. And, um, and they were not afraid. They were asking these questions, like you said, so what can we study? You know, what can we, how do we need to develop so that we can get involved in, in, in environmental action? And um, it is fascinating. And in those situations, it's difficult to explain to them that potentially what job that they're going to do in the future, that there is not a university or a kind of study that they can go get involved in now because it's in the process right we are in the process of creating uh, possibly some new studies some new uh, directions so that these um, new generations can get involved scientifically to it um, so I can totally relate to what you just said and I am also very passionate about this because I love people as well and I love uh understanding how i can help them being able to to take action as well anyway not enough about me um i'd love to continue this conversation on 
um, this NGO with you and on these projects that you are involved in. So it's fascinating what you said. But what are the biggest challenges in these kind of projects um, that you were involved with? Clearly, communication. Mm -hmm. So um, in nature parks, forest areas are only uh, often managed on, on public areas. And there are various and various entities uh, included in, in the management. So um, communication is essential. And I really know that it takes a lot of time and patience to properly communicate about common goals of nature conservation. And um, me, originally coming from Germany, I felt that in Portugal, um, they have still a bit of a hierarchic culture. And I, oft, okay. I would like to wish that um, associations work a little bit more on eye to eye level with each other and that uh, NGOs would be better recognized. And money is always a challenge. Okay. This is mm -hmm. in the sector of education and environment, more money is needed. And I think uh, environment and education is essential for everybody. So, yes, I really hope that, yeah more money is going to be provided for that field. Okay. I'm a bit more curious around these challenges, uh, Julia. So you mentioned organizational uh, from a communication perspective, and you also mentioned the aspect of money. So from an educational perspective and um, organizational perspective as well. But this is quite concerning in terms of communication, in terms of um, funding as well uh, for an organization, especially if people really want to get involved. But practically, like on the field, what would be the biggest challenges on the field? The physical work, regardless of the weather. So mm. versus we, just to give you a rough idea, the association yeah. always lands like uh, 17,000 uh, plants per, per winter. Wow. And in summer, we we maintain all those recently planted plants or in generally our forest areas. So, uh, yes, we are out there every day. And team the team, as well as the volunteers, we really get to our to our physical limits here and there. And mm. what I learned from that is more respect for all those people out there who work in of course, forest regeneration, but also agriculture, who provide our daily food, because working in the fields is like really heavy physical work. Yeah, indeed. It's very hard work. And uh, I can imagine, you know, uh, small plants, big plants, big trees, massive trees. So uh, uh, it's, it's difficult not just to plant, but probably really difficult as well and hard work to maintain. And it's uh, what I hear from you is there's a there's an element of um unpredictability as well um in terms of weather especially with the atlantic right with the, the such a strong wind with the with this cold air coming across and humidity it, it must be quite heavy in terms of soil as well i i'm just imagining you know i'm just building the picture in my head about this so it's really really impressive maybe one thing to add is just that mm. uh there is not a lot of soil available often in mm. Portugal in general. So often we really take a long time to dig the holes to find places where space where we can really dig holes which are deep enough to properly plant the trees. After time the humus accumulates and yes, in some years or decades <laughs> it will become easier. And 
and another challenge I imagine um, what are the, how do you manage these situations of months in Portugal without raining well generally uh, watering is not uh, a task the NGO has to has to do mm. um, last winter it nearly didn't rain anything we started planting in October which yeah. is normal and uh, first rain came end of February, beginning of March. So we really feared that a big part of the um, plants and shrubs would, would die right away. And um, it was very fortunate that I met some friends who said they will uh, activate the local community also for watering events. And yes, I just showed mm. them the areas where it's, where, which are south facing. Yeah. Where water was most needed, and they came up with some initiatives mm. to to water plants. So it always comes down to some personal initiatives, to some volunteering, people taking really their own will to do something about it. Is this when the challenge around communication comes in with other organizations or with other entities and institutions? Yes. So after some some years of of cooperating. Uh, with some of the institutions, uh, we do have some good partnerships, and in the and the question of watering, we also got some support by the municipalities. So I don't want to forget about that. Okay, yeah. so it's balance between public and private engagement, and we yeah. generally work with public and private sector. So of course, those 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 two parts can really go hand in hand. Why yeah, not? yeah. Of course, I can imagine, and there is necessarily there is a relationship. If you want it or not, there is a relationship with them, and I guess it all comes down to to good uh, health communication, uh, of course. Um, so what I'm realizing from this, and from my experience, also knowing you, because I know you face to face, uh, I know how passionate you are, and I know. Really, I'm very aware of the really hard work that you've put into. Um, to make a difference and you have been making a real and concrete difference every single day you know you got up in the morning you went into the fields and you did something for this planet something good for this planet so how has this experience made a difference in your life instead so I experienced a project where really everybody could take action and this mm -hmm. I have to repeat that because this is essential because sometimes nature conservation is seems seems to be something for per, for people in universities or for people who studied forestry and so on and so forth. Okay, we need those people, but it's not essential that people have previous knowledge to take action. So find a project, find a volunteer project um, in your region and go and do something. And this is just I don't see any boundaries why people should not be able to take action against climate change and this was possible. Okay, so what I'm hearing is that you understood there is a possibility, a sense of possibility in making a difference. This is what you experience and this is kind of the message that you want to, to give here to others. Um, is there something personal that has made a difference in your life in the quality of your life emotionally you know the world's our so, oyster wherever yes 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 so this the time 
what the, what is the time with Pontaro Mavre meant uh, for me on a personal on a personal level? It meant a lot because through the work I really got the roots in Portugal. Not only geographically that I saw <laughs> the country from north to south, autonomous regions of Azores and Madeira, but I also got to know the culture. I got to know uh, the language. So. Moving as a foreigner to a different country means we need to feel part and we want to create roots. And yeah. through that project, I really was able to, to do exactly that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, wonderful. This is just wonderful. Um, in a way, you were putting, you know, you were planting trees and giving them the opportunity to, uh, to put roots to grow and in a way it allowed you to put roots uh, yourself into this uh, country into this culture and made you grow to who you are today it sounds it sounds just wonderful thank you so much um i'd love to finish on a note which is the main question for me in this um in this episode with you is what would you want to say to our audience in terms of how can volunteering really contribute to nature conservation? So first of all, what matters is the way of how we include the volunteers into the real tasks for nature conservation. So uh, in our NGO, there, was, there were no differences in the tasks the NGO leaders or the volunteers were doing, okay? Everybody works the same way. Okay, and everybody mm -hmm. knows the long-term ob objectives of our work. So we really provide a lot of information um, to the volunteers that they really understand and learn what they are doing and what this will mean to the forest in five and 10 and 15 years, okay? So mm -hmm. no hierarchies, some hierarchies are needed, but if yeah. possible, no hierarchies and really making them understand uh, in which way they contribute to nature conservation in the long term. And um, secondly, what really contributes is um, next to institutional support, the support of private persons. So reflecting mm -hmm. one more time on Azores volunteer camps, I really remember that uh, after some days of collecting trash on the beach, some volunteers were getting bored because this is a repetitive actions to collect mm -hmm. plastics in the sand. And all of a sudden, um, a touristic um, family enterprise appeared and uh, told us that they would provide their boats to uh, visit different bays where we could uh, see wonderful fossils um, and at the same time wow. contribute to the cleaning of, of those bays which are not accessible by foot. So yeah. imagine you are invited for free to a boat trip to get into bays where which are not reachable which are not reachable by foot and while collecting trash you just discover amazing fossils so this makes a real 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 contribution and i remember one more um thing um the volunteers got so excited that they by themselves recruited more volunteers so i had volunteers wow. a local island who called all their uh, family members and cousins and aunts and friends to also come to take action. So it's not only the money which is needed. Mm -hmm. It's people who welcome volunteers. It's people who provide resources like food and boats, what I said, 
we already are giving examples. And um, what is amazing if volunteers start to spread the word and yes, recruit, basically mobilize more more volunteer actions. So yeah. I'm really thankful for those private persons, individual persons who really took action. So if you out there uh, think, hmm, what can I do for the uh, volunteer uh, project around here in my municipality. If you think it's only uh, providing a meal for the volunteers, yeah, that's a contribution because yeah. they feel appreciated and they feel welcome, and this yeah. is a, this is important. So yeah. please continue contributing with small things, which in the end make the difference. Amazing. Thank you so much, Julia. This is uh, really, I discovered the power of this ecosystem of volunteering with you. Yeah, not just uh, plantarum arvore, but it's very empowering, um, this support that is around it. And, uh, and also realizing that nobody is excluded uh, in something like this. Anyone is included to participate. Um, and you can just go and you're not just contributing, but you're also learning. You're learning about nature. You're learning about yourself. And, um, and this is a fantastic opportunity. So I want to thank you, Julia. Thanks a lot for giving us insights into the, the NGO, but also insights into you and your experience and your um, activities with this association and also learning about the challenges around it, um, how uncomfortable it was for you in these uh, situations and how this experience made a huge difference uh, in your personal life. So it's been fantastic to discover more about you. Thanks a lot, Julia. Where can people find you? How can people connect with you and the NGO potentially? So with me personally, uh, you could find me on LinkedIn. Uh, just search for Julia Snyder. My last name you write S-N-A-J-D-R. And then okay. please check out the website of Plantar uh, I will definitely put the link in the description as well of this episode. Um, so thank you very much for listening to this episode with uh, Julia. And please leave a quick review for the Lobster Podcast. Stay tuned with the Lobster Podcast as well. And join the next episodes in June when we will focus on women in tech and entrepreneurship. To connect with me, check out my bio or head directly to www.lobstercoaching.com.